Hello and welcome to this episode of Coaching Chaos, my special episode called Best Friend Friday. And today I have with me Katie Justison. She and I, we were in the same ward together for just a heartbeat. And but we really became friends in crossing paths working at Snow College. And she is everywhere and everyone's friend. Katie, thank you so much for your willingness to be here and help me with this. You have a light and I just love being a friend with you, especially on Facebook, because all of your posts are just positive and happy and uh, reflective. And I just thought I need to have her with me on Best Friend Friday. So thank you so much. Oh, Shari, you are so flattering. Thank you for letting me be a part of this. It's it's a really neat experience. Oh, this has been this has been trial and error, but it has it is changing my life and how I go about my day. Very simply, just a little bit more reflective and uh, more thoughtful, mindful, and um, careful and prayerful. All the more, all of those things in just the time that I've been doing this. And I think that you have a light and a message to share with the world. And, and I think that this is a great place to start as far as like podcasting, uh, because you're already out there and everywhere and everyone loves you. So tell me, Katie, just tell not just me, but everyone, anybody who listens, tell them about you. Okay, so I grew up with a big family. Um, there's eight children in my family. There's a boy, six girls, and a boy. And I love that your podcast is called Coach and Chaos because my dad was a coach. Oh, you're kidding. No, he was. And he was the epitome of coach. In fact, when um, my in-laws met him, they started calling him coach because... Um, he reminded them so much of that old sitcom coach because that is my dad. Oh, <laughs> you're is, kidding. Oh, as soon you as you make, yeah, if you could make a, a sitcom about my dad, that would have been it. So he was kind of the epitome of a coach. And then with and, boy and six girls and boy, you get where I get yeah. the chaos part. <laughs> yes, there was so much chaos. And my poor dad, the coach, was always the one trying to kind of control that and it was it was really bless his heart so um and bless your mom's heart that's eight children (laughs) my mom's a rock star um so we grew up uh kind of half in southern utah and half in southeastern idaho Uh, after graduating from high school i went to rick's college just like you and it's funny we have um several people in our area that I know that we're, we were probably all at Rick's College around the same time. Um, I loved Rick's. I did too. And um, I felt like, um, it was interesting while I was at Rick's, I felt like that was kind of my mission for myself. Um, I went to Rick's College uh, because of kind of some really weird scholarship extenuating circumstances and I um, was not likely to go to Rick's College at that time I was a bit of a rebel and so I, I wound up there and there were many people after I left there that said to me you remind me of what a return missionary looks like or acts like and I and I felt like I kind of went on a bit of a mission for myself <laughs> while I was there oh, I was how, yeah 
the self-discovery and cleansing and repentance and just a beautiful it wasn't your typical Rick's College experience that was really social like a lot of people have mine was very personal and as Go ahead, sorry. I, I was just going to say that's so interesting that you relate Rick's College to yourself like that because I left a very um, dysfunctional home as as a form of escape. I didn't realize it at the time, but it saved me. It saved me. It's so, beautiful. Yes, I'm very, very grateful for my experience at Rick's College. Yes, I, I agree. And that's where I met Jeff and the rest is history. So here we, here we are. <laughs> At the, at the other two-year college <laughs> that is still yeah, a two-year college. Yeah, it's so funny when, when we went to Rick's, um, rival, they were such rivals. Snow and Rick's were such rivals. And so that's a little bit more about the next part of me, which is that I, that I thought I was going to go into teaching. Ended up not doing that. I went to Utah State and transferred in as an interior design major and graduated in in interior design at that time I also met my husband which is a fantastic story but for another day and um, so we both graduated from Utah State started out in our careers um, and I was practicing in interior design and he was in finance and then we ended up getting called down here to San Pete County which is where he's from and um, he started he opened a branch of cre- the credit union down here and then later on ended up leaving that and going on to work for USDA and finance. Um, I just kind of haphazardly ended up with a part-time job at Snow College because there weren't interior design opportunities for me. And with the baby on the way, I needed a little part-time job. So I worked for uh, Student Life for three years. Loved that job. Um, and oh, then, you, you, I'm um, sure you were at, at fantastic in that role. I, I loved um, that was just so one-on-one with all of the students, the student leaders, and um, just kind of a older sister to all of them at that time. Um, and then I uh, had another baby and thought, I need to probably stay home. But financially, that wasn't feasible. We were just getting into our new home. And so we, um, our first home, I should say, um, and we uh, needed some more income and it was suggested to me to start teaching adjunct. I had never considered that before because I didn't really know what I was qualified for. So I ended up adjuncting for 14 years. Um, oh my goodness. And so and yeah. th- at that time you could with just a bachelor's at could, Snow College. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And then um, during that time too, I went back uh, for my master's degree and um, I started my master's degree with my fourth child being five months old. And it was, it was crazy, very very faith promoting, one of the most faith promoting experiences of my life. Was it really? And so where is your master's from and what was it in? My master's was from Utah State and it is in, um, uh, family, human, and well, I should say it right, really. Um, human, consumer, and family um, development. And, so, the, and so um, that's that's perfect for you, Katie, because <laughs> so of your your. Actually, I'm doing something very different. In fact, I started teaching in adjunct. I taught art, and so my minor was in art. Um, and then I started adjuncting a little in interior design, but then now I'm in the world of human development almost exclusively, and I love it. I love oh, this I'll direction. Bet. 
especially your understanding of the grieving process, that beautiful post that you posted <laughs> after um, our young man died in our community. And it was, it, everybody just, just glommed to that and your insight and your understanding of, of human need was, was just so, the timing was so perfect. And so, um, well, just for anyone who's listening, that is called, um, the ring theory of grief. And that is not my theory. Um, that's right. just a theory that I teach and, and, um, teach to my students. And, but you know it very, very well. You're yeah, able to articulate that very clearly. It's actually really relevant at this time of the world because it's not just about death. It's about any loss. Yes. And it can be even loss of a dream. It could be loss of a job. It could be loss of a loved one. It can be any any grief you're experiencing. It could be marriage. It could be a divorce. Yes, you know, any kind of a relationship loss, even a friendship loss. It um, helps you be able to recognize that we um, sometimes we aren't really taught how to grieve and we don't really know what is appropriate but once we learn it it makes so much sense and so that's again another conversation for another day but I teach um, here full-time at Snow College now in the um, family science um, or the family studies department and um, I I just love it and then I practice interior design on the side and, and you're have so good I just, I, I don't ever stop. It's just, no, just you don't. And then for you to take this time with me this morning, it's truly an honor. And you were telling me just recently, you have all of these sisters and your brothers are the bookends, but yes. I am so jealous of your relationship with your sisters. I have two that I'm close to, and I'm so grateful for that. And I just love that you guys went on the, on sister, you go on sister trips and, and you get together and regardless of where everyone is in the gospel, you can talk shop with one another and share. It's very interesting. I have one sister who's not a member and she engages with us. Um, she actually has a very spiritual side and she is, um, she gives us great advice on her callings. She, she does some really beautiful things for us that sometimes are very objective and we all we're all a big strength to each other we had this awesome opportunity in Arizona to be in the desert and to and it's it's really quite solemn to be in the desert you can't help but be reflective in the desert and that was when you sent me the invitation um to be a part of this and then um I thought about uh the topic possibly and um, and then as I did that, I I kind of interviewed my sisters, and 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 ultimately <laughs> the the topic that kept coming to my mind was was loving your enemy. Um, although I think our readings and some of our discussions, you and I have talked about, have gone a little a different direction. But it has sure it has sure been important to me over the last few weeks. It, you know what? It's I think it's something that has become important to people people who are um, seeking our Savior on how we can forgive and seek forgiveness. 
in this climate, in this world, um, especially when there's such division, how do we come back together? And I love the, the conference talk that you shared with me. I have read it numerous times now, and I have since shared it even this morning. Lift Up Your Head and Rejoice by Elder M. Joseph Bruff uh, from October 2018. And the story about the attorney, that was that was pivotal for me on how I look at relationships that are estranged you know, in my life, how this man ended up calling him to be a counselor with him in the stake presidency after years of, of turmoil and anguish and strain in that relationship and in his community. And you were talking about your sisters and some examples on how they have overcome similar trials and just have turned to love which ultimately allows us to continue to progress toward our savior and our ultimate goal is to return to our father in heaven. But I love the story about your sister and how she was um, student teaching. So first I have to give credit to my mom because my mom has always set this tone for all of us. And um, years ago I I was really struggling with the personal relationship and this was not somebody I could avoid. It was a very very strained and difficult relationship and my mom said to me you need to put her name in the temple and I thought I'm not going to do that I I need to put my name in the temple I'm the one struggling here she's not suffering I am yes that's that's our first reaction as natural man isn't it it is and I just thought this isn't fair I don't want her to have blessings you know I laugh because I relate. (laughs) Something very powerful happened to me with that experience and, and I did. And I, I, my depth of love expanded in a way I can't explain other than just through that, through that beautiful temple experience and through, um, the Lord hearing my prayers. And so my sisters was similar. She, um, she was doing her student teaching and she was working with an aide who was very jealous of her and she had an opportunity to move to another school and this aide was going to be moving with her and um, the aide decided to really really harm her reputation by saying untrue things about her and um, that her rapport in the classroom was unprofessional and all kinds of just really really untrue things and um my sister was fired and she was suddenly fired and there was no explanation given and she was just starting out in her career as a teacher and so she was really really scared because she didn't have any references she didn't have anything else but this experience to go from that must have been devastating to say the least she said it took her about two years to recover her self-esteem after this experience and um it's just a young young girl starting out her career very very young and she then found out what had happened from another teacher and instead of pursuing anything to do with this she looked at this 50 plus year old woman who had nothing but this this teaching assistant position going for her in her life and she just thought, you know what? I, I get it. I understand where she was coming from. I don't. I don't agree with it. But she, yeah. she just felt that she needed to offer 
at least she never reached out but in her own mind to just offer prayer forgiveness understanding and she just took it to the lord and that never did end up hindering her progression in in her in her path um nothing ever came up she found other references she it was never something that hurt her um but it was a powerful experience for her to see that other person in a different light instead of you know seeking for revenge or vindication or, or anything like that well when we when we seek for our Father in Heaven to help us forgive, and even though we may never have a conversation with um, that person who who hurt us so deeply, Heavenly Father will be the one that teaches them, and we can take great comfort in that. You I know, completely agree. We don't yeah. we don't have to seek revenge. You know. I, I say that as in like, ha, 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 just wait until Heavenly Father gets his hands on you. But that's not my, that's not my intention here. It is just to simply say, do your part of forgiveness and let the Lord do his part. And we can, we can then progress even further as we come closer to him because our requirement is to forgive. And so how do we redirect that exact story to people who are offending us left and right on social media, in our neighborhood, in our communities. What are we going to do, Katie? I mean, you're in human development. Are you just aghast at the changes of your very own friendships and neighbors and and in the church? There so, there's so much division and it hurts my heart. I, I have to say, I am an empath and I have a hard time putting down empathetic barriers or boundaries. I really feel deeply for things and the the hatred and the acute the accusations, the division that is in social media hurts hurts my heart. I, I don't want this to to be the climate of not only just our nation but also our church. And our gen- and our, our children's future. Is this how yeah. our posterity is going to conduct themselves and live within our children, our grandchildren? Is this what it is? And so, Katie, it is really up to us today. It is. And, and I just feel like the only thing we can fight darkness with is light. And um, I teach a 13-year-old cute, cute um, Sunday school class. And we have had so much fun on Zoom. We I'll bet. are just the best. And they are, they're so fun. And um, I challenged them a couple of weeks ago that we would storm the, the social media venues with light and with positive um, posts and with scriptural posts and with our testimonies. And I try to do this in my own way, um, but my kiddos, they are just, they're just the best. And I just feel like... We, we need to just remind each other, remind the world that there is light. We, we are givers of light and we are representers of the ultimate light, which is our Savior, Jesus Christ. Yes. And I know that's that we part can of do being this. baptized and taking upon his name. You know, having his name engraven upon our hearts is, is not just this is what I am, but this is who I am. And th- therefore, what I am, I have to reflect in all that I do 
And yes, I believe in posting positivity. And I would love to see some of the the posts that these kids, because they will then turn the hearts of their friends. And then those friends, and and then it just is, it's a rippling effect. Just from one Sunday school teacher to her Sunday school class, what a difference and an impact you can make to their own families and in, and then out into the world because of their simple Facebook posts. And so in reading recent conference addresses and trying to trying to figure out what I can do in my corner of the world and I as people have listened to my podcast, I have been really really digging into prayer and researching prayer and trying to apply it better to my life to grow closer to my Heavenly Father. And Elder Russell M. Russell Ballard, in his most recent conference address, Watch Ye Therefore and Pray Always, he says, we stand today at major crossroads, even in our classroom with 13-year-olds, in our history and nations or of the earth, and we are desperate in need of divine inspiration and guidance. And here comes Katie Justison to her Sunday school class and to her family. She's inspiration and guidance. And he says, this is about peace and the healing that can come to individual souls as well as to the soul of countries, their cities, towns, and villages through the Prince of Peace and the source of all healing, the Lord Jesus Christ. And he sounds like you. During the past few months, I have had the impression come to me the best way to help the current world situation is for all people to rely more fully upon God and to turn their hearts to Him through sincere prayer. And you said over the last, well, four or five months that you have been in anguish and turmoil over watching the strife and the struggles of people all around us. And I just scroll on past if it's going to hurt my heart, but you in human development and you're watching this, it's like you have to pay attention so you know how best to, to shape your class, how to teach the, the kids that you're on what is going on in, you know currently in the world. And so that has to have been very difficult for you to to see such a shift in in what is going on all around us. I try to come from a place of understanding. I realize that every single person that makes a post like that needs something. They're in need. Yes. And I want to honor that need, even if I disagree with it, or even if it offends me, or even if it creates even more anger or division. I, I try to honor that by reading those posts. But then I, I turn my heart to delight to prayer and and just trying to maybe respond um in a way my maybe as we close today i wanted to just read um this little message that my sister sent out to um someone that she knew in her ward who was being extremely offensive um she was creating this this source of division that we've been talking about and I just feel like this is so beautiful she said to her how firm your foundation is your testimony is solid it will never be shaken I love that if and when you come across a fence sitter or someone that might feel like they don't belong I hope you realize that their beliefs will never shake you but yours might push them off the fence I hope we can always listen love and understand really remember what our true goals are as members 
Maybe even sit on the fence with someone for just a minute to see their perspective and realize how fortunate you are to have that rock, that foundation. And I thought, I just want to make a little public service announcement campaign that says sit on the fence with somebody. I love that so much. That is... (laughs) You know, and you know, normally sitting on the fence is like you're you're indecisive. Am I am I in Sodom or am I you know in Babylon or am I in the gospel? You know, uh, yeah. which 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 side of my are my feet firmly planted on? By love, you know what? Talking with peace over the fence with your neighbor, and that's exactly what um, Elder Ballard said. He says humbling ourselves and seeking heaven's inspiration to endure or conquer what is before us. This will be our safest and surest way to move confidently forward through these troubling times. And he invites us to pray, to pray for our family, put names in the temple like your mother, your sweet mother suggested. Pray for leaders of our nation. Pray for the courageous people who are on the front lines in the current battles against social, environmental, political, biological plagues that impact all of us throughout the world. And the Savior taught us to not limit who we pray for. And most importantly, we pray for those who have hurt us deeply and pray that we don't hurt others and to take a good look of how we are representing ourselves if we are going to be posting something that could be offensive. Your sisters are all truly inspired and and truly that goes back to your sweet mom and your dad blowing the whistle in the family home. Okay, coach here, you know. Yes, there but, was a lot of whistleblowing. Well, lots of whistleblowing. There is in my house, that's for sure. So, so Katie, how how do you feel? Do, do you think prayer will be enough in our community and in our wards and, and in the world? Or what what do, what else do you suggest that we can do to come together and be more unified? Um, you know, like I like I said before, um, there's a there's a beautiful book that's been published recently. Um, and it's, uh, I'm so sorry, I won't remember the author. It's called Dangerous Love. And the author is LDS, but it's not necessarily from an LDS perspective. And it's all about trying to lean in towards conflicts. Um, and for us to lean in rather than pulling out. And trying to seek to understand before being understood. That's a Stephen Covey quote. Um, but I, I just think it's so important for us to just try even when those those posts those messages all of those things when they come off almost immediately offensive recognize that that person is in need of something that they're reaching out even though their need might be different than yours um katie that gives me a whole new (laughs) perspective on facebook scrolling where there's angered where, where there's anger there is need I love that. Absolutely. You know, and, yeah. and as long as we don't participate in divisiveness or the division, you know, because if we are trying to be a disciple, we cannot cause that division. That is perfect. So prayer and humbling ourselves and seeking to lean in to somebody else's and, need. That's and beautiful. And combating darkness with light. I think that's that's really the blessing I mean we have a blessing that we can do that that we have the knowledge of our Savior Jesus Christ and his mission and his atonement that we can represent and that we have the opportunity to be able to be his light um, and and 
to just combat all that darkness with that beautiful light that he has given us combat the darkness there is a way we can do that is is as we are the light we can combat darkness and katie just looking at you you are light thank you so much for joining me i appreciate it with all my heart and thank you for joining us today and if you feel inspired by the beautiful words of katie justison please if someone is needing hurting struggling lean into them and share katie's words and lighten someone else's day thank you so much for joining us we'll see you next time on coach and chaos